How do you feel on a scale ranging from very bad to very good? Hello, and welcome to Sharp, the podcast where we help you get a little better at the stuff you have to do so you can spend more time doing the stuff you want to do. So now, on with the episode. Hello and welcome to episode 43. Oh, do you know what? It's really, really hot in here. Because I'm such a professional. <laughs> I, well, I try to be. Um, I can't have a fan on. Uh, we don't have air conditioning cause, because generally we don't in houses in Britain. And I have, to sh- I have to shut that blind. You know that one that you can't see? I have to shut that blind. So my sound doesn't bounce off that window, you see? And all the doors are shut, and all the lights are on, because it would be a bit weird recording this in the dark. Anyway, enough about that. Welcome again to episode 43. When I do the research for these episodes, I work through things I've come across in social media, or wherever good stuff lives, and I try to highlight properly useful things. Things that can really help you get better at the stuff you have to do, because... As we know, the aim, as always, is to then free time up for you to spend on the things you want to do. Hopefully, that'll make you happier. We've got two blogs to help you get more of the right things done. We've got a podcast that tells you specifically how much happier it's going to make you, because it's called 10% Happier, and a TED Talk on an amazing find that might pinpoint exactly what you should do to be happy. The first resource is an article I came across shared by Charles Duhigg on Twitter. Now, if you've listened to our previous episodes, you'll know that Charles Duhigg is someone that we respect here at Sharp. He's the author of The Power of Habit and Smarter, Faster, Better. I reckon that if Charlie D recommends we read something... I hope he's not listening to this. I can't imagine he would be. And if he is... Hello, Charles Duhigg. I hope I haven't offended you by calling you Charlie D. Anyway, I reckon that if he recommends we read something, then it's worth having a look at. The thing he shared was an article at Harvard Business Review written by Alice Boys. And it shows us why we tend to not focus on the things that are important and how we can change that. You may remember that we covered this subject in some detail in episode 35. But in this smashing article, Alice explains that we've got a paradox, and it's this. Many of the big, important things in life don't have deadlines. So... We tend to focus on the things which do have deadlines because that gives us a sense of achievement and, well, they've got a deadline. (laughs) And these can be things that are found around our values, like spending time with family or volunteering work, or they could be developing a skill. But because there's no end point, there isn't a deadline, we often put them off. The good news is that Alice then gives us six ideas to help us make progress on the important goals. So her six tips are, number one, schedule time for them. Schedule or schedule. We had this debate before, we're not having it again. Um, 
Am I coming across as stroppy today? I don't mean to be stroppy. Um, number one, schedule time for them and give yourself way more time than you'll need. So this is blocking space off in your calendar to make sure that you spend dedicated time on whatever it is that you've decided is important. Often just the act of putting it in your calendar can make it happen. Number two, isolate the most impactful bits instead of trying to do the whole thing. So an example I can think of that I think fits this is that if your goal is to spend more time with your family and having dinner together is the thing that would have the most impact, then just focus on making that happen. Because often, once you've made progress, you'll keep going. Number three, anticipate and manage feelings of anxiety. So you can do this by developing your ability to work slightly outside of your comfort zone. Number four, spend less time on unimportant tasks. So when I'm doing research for this podcast, I often end up down a YouTube rabbit hole. So what I've found, because I know that's a challenge I have, is my solution is to set a fixed amount of time for the research and then make sure I finish when that time is up. Number five. Prioritize, I'm sorry, I'm laughing because I just have to keep stop, <laughs> stopping recording and starting again. Number five. Prioritize tasks that will reduce your number of unimportant but urgent tasks. So this is what I know as a force multiplier. What one thing can you do today which will mean that you will spend less time on three other things in the future. So this is things like um, setting up templates or automation or batching, that kind of thing. Weekly reviews is a key one here. Spending time at getting better. You know, sharpening the saw. Listening to this podcast, that's got to be a great one, isn't it? There you go. Number five, prioritise the task of listening to this podcast. And then finally, number six, Pay attention to what helps you see and track the bigger picture. So this is taking time to make your progress visible. You might remember we did this with our life goals when Lisa and I printed them off and then framed them so they were visible. And it also includes things like tracking your time. A subject for a future episode all of its own. Watch this space. You can't, you can't watch a space that you're listening to, can you? Can you watch a space that you're listening to? I don't know. So all in all, that blog is a great read. It's by Alice Boys. It's at the Harvard Business Review. And obviously, I'll put a link in the show notes. It might help you set aside some time for the really important stuff, the meaningful things that give us true happiness in life. After all, as Jessica Abel said to us last time, is your ultimate goal to be the world's best email manager or are you going to make it something else? Our second recommendation in this happy episode is a podcast recommendation. And of course, as the episode's theme is happy, we had to include the 10% Happier podcast. Now, we've talked about this podcast quite a bit before. For those people who don't know, Dan Harris describes himself as a fidgety sceptic and after a panic attack live on air in front of millions of people, he decided to do something about his happiness and along the way discovered the power of meditation. Now, I've said all this stuff before, but recently the podcast at 10% Happier has slightly changed its approach and broadened its content. In the new format, it's not just about meditation, although that is still a key theme. But Dan now talks to all sorts of people who have amazing stories to tell 
a part of which has been their meditation, but the stories are really worth listening to. In recent episodes, he's spoken to Scott Norton about being a successful entrepreneur. He talked to Alison Wright, who nearly died in Laos, and then who went back there after climbing Mount Kilimanjaro. In this most recent episode, he talked with Jeremy Richmond, who told us his heartbreaking story about losing his daughter in the Sandy Hook massacre, and how he and his wife dealt with that, and then remarkably created a foundation which funds research on brain health and causes for violent behaviours. Here's a snip. How important for you in your recovery has has been has the process of of taking constructive action through this foundation been? Oh, I mean, uh, I don't know. I don't even know if recovery is the right word. Maybe it is. I, I don't know either, to be honest. Uh, you know, it's it's always funny when you've only taken one road. You don't know what the other road traveled would have been. Uh, I guess ages hence we'll be sighing that we could have taken the other. But um, I don't think so. <laughs> but that's all I know. And I think it's been uh, – it would be it, – it would be – I, I suspect I would be bitter and frustrated and lacking a lot of purpose if I didn't if I didn't do this. So you might think, hang on, Steve, this isn't very happy. But I think that happiness isn't just about a frothy comedy sing songy kind of happiness. Sometimes real happiness, deep happiness, can come from finding a way in dealing with adversity. And hearing how people achieve that can be really uplifting. Anyway, that's what I think. Why not see what you think and try the 10% Happier podcast for yourself? The link, of course, is in the show notes. And if you could be 10% happier, then maybe that'd be pretty cool. Our second blog stroke article is a really simple, clean, practical set of solutions to help you get better at that daytime stuff. I found it at Forbes.com, and it's written by Ashley Stahl. Now, before I go on, the title of this article does have the P word in it, and we've talked before about the word productivity. But I really like this one because it's simple, it summarises great tips in a short read, and it's well worth checking out. Now, if you're a regular listener, you will recognise all of these tips because we've covered them in different ways in our episodes, but they're well worth revisiting. And maybe asking ourselves, I know I should do this, but do I really do it well? The five tips are stop multitasking, take breaks, set small goals, take care of the biggest task when you're most alert, and implement the two-minute rule. So there you go. Quick fire. Five nice tips. And if you have a read of Ashley's article, she goes into more detail with links to some of the supporting articles and the work that backs them up. Nice. I said that, and then I I thought I sounded a little bit like, welcome to Jazz Club. Nice. Sorry. One for the Far Show fans there. Okay, our final recommendation is a TED Talk from a chap called Matt Killingsworth. Now, this talk was recorded in 2011, and it's had almost 3 million views on the TED website. Now, Matt is the creator of an app called Track Your Happiness. In his TED Talk, he explained why he created it. A few years ago, I came up with a way to study people's happiness, moment to moment, as they're going about their daily lives on a massive scale all over the world. 
something we've never been able to do before. Called trackyourhappiness.org, it uses the iPhone to monitor people's happiness in real time. How does this work? Basically, I send people signals at random points throughout the day, and then I ask them a bunch of questions about their moment-to-moment -moment experience at the instant just before the signal. The idea is that if we can watch how people's happiness goes up and down over the course of the day, minute to minute in some cases, and try to understand how, what people are doing, who they're with, what they're thinking about, and all the other factors that describe our day, how those might relate to those changes in happiness, we might be able to discover some of the things that really have a big influence on happiness. In the end, 15,000 people sent 650,000 real-time reports telling the app what they were doing and how they felt about it. And they did this by responding to three questions. There are three questions. The first one is a happiness question. How do you feel on a scale ranging from very bad to very good? Second, an activity question. What are you doing on a list of 22 different activities, including things like eating and working and watching TV? And finally, a mind-wandering question. Are you thinking about something other than what you're currently doing? People could say no. In other words, I'm focused only on my task. Or, yes, I am thinking about something else, and the topic of those thoughts are pleasant, neutral, or unpleasant. Any of those yes responses are what we called mind-wandering. So what did we find? Now, it turned out that there's a really strong link between how happy people said they were and if they were concentrating on the thing that they were doing. And we learned this because there was a strong link between how unhappy they were when they weren't concentrating on what they were doing. Matt called this mind-wandering. But what was surprising is that people responded as being unhappy even when their mind-wandering was going on while they were doing something that you wouldn't enjoy. So you'd think that daydreaming while you're commuting, for example, would make you happier. But apparently not. Bizarrely, people were happier when they were focused on their commute than if they were mind-wandering. Now, Matt tells us why he thinks this might be happening. So, how could this be happening? I think part of the reason, a big part of the reason, is that when our minds wander, we often think about unpleasant things, and they are enormously less happy when they do that. Our worries, our anxieties, our regrets. And yet, even when people are thinking about something neutral, they're still considerably less happy than when they're not mind-wandering at all. Even when they're thinking about something they would describe as pleasant, they're actually just slightly less happy than when they aren't mind-wandering. So, when does this mind-wandering take place? Well, apparently, more than you might think. Sometimes, even at the most inappropriate times. Turns out, they wander a lot. In fact, really a lot. 47% of the time, people are thinking about something other than what they're currently doing. How does that depend on what people are doing? This shows the rate of mind-wandering across 22 activities, ranging from a high of 65% when people are taking a shower, brushing their teeth, to 50% when they're working, to 40% when they're exercising, all the way down to this one short bar on the right that I think some of you are probably laughing at, 10% of the time, people's minds are wandering when they're having sex. Now, I think this is a really great video. And if it's correct, then maybe, just maybe, we've learned something quite important. 
If you want to be truly happy, it matters less what you're doing, but what is important is that whatever it is, you should focus on it. And if you'd like something to focus on, how about this week's takeaways? Read Alice Boy's blog at Harvard Business Review on doing the important things in life and how to do them. Have a listen to the 10% Happier podcast. The format has changed and there really are some truly uplifting stories on there. Take a look at Ashley Stahl's article at Forbes.com and her five tips on getting more done. Stop multitasking, take breaks, set small goals, use your energy levels and follow the two-minute rule. And watch Matt Killingsworth's video on mind-wandering and how focusing on what you're doing could make you more happy. And for those people who now aren't listening properly because they're thinking about something else, I wonder if they're actually proving Matt's point. Bye-bye. <laughs> All the links, resource and articles I've used in this episode will be in the show notes right there on your device. Hopefully you'll find them helpful and useful and hopefully you'll find this whole podcast helpful and useful. I hope you do and... I do spend a lot of time and effort making sure it's relevant, helpful and entertaining enough for you to listen to. If you agree and you'd like to show your support, there are several ways you can do it. You could go to iTunes and give us a five-star rating or a great review, which would be fab. Alternatively, you can share the podcast on Twitter, Facebook or Instagram. We are at Sharp Podcast, one word, two Ps. Or you could even show someone how to subscribe on their phone or their device. And finally, on the website, sharppodcast.com, you can leave feedback, subscribe, or go and listen to the archive episodes. I'm off. I hope you're able to find one thing before our next episode that you can do, which will help you get better. And remember, don't waste time comparing yourself to anyone else. The only person you should try to be any better than is the person that you were yesterday. Bye-bye. Oh, man. I think I should turn some lights off. Oh, someone's creeping about outside. I can hear clinky-clanky. Hmm. Tiptoe, tiptoe. Tiptoe. Right. Shall we do this? <laughs>